Today on Blue 58, befuddling, confusing, indefensible. Those are some words I've used to describe the Packers' decision to draft Jordan Love in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. But let's take a second and talk through this. Take a deep breath. We'll get through this together. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast to thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink, up late to talk through the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft with you. Boy, that was unexpected, wasn't it? Yes, it was a possibility. We knew there was a chance the Packers would draft a quarterback early. Didn't think it would be quite this early. Didn't think it would necessarily be uh, in the first round or trade up to do it, but that's what we've got. Jordan Love, the prospect out of Utah State, the Packers pick, 26th overall in the first draft. Brian Gutekunst sticking to type, trading up again three years in a row now. He has traded up in the first round at least once. Let's talk through this situation. Just before I hit record here, I, I remembered something that I was talking about with a friend during the the first round here, middle of the first round or so. He mentioned, boy, I, I really liked it better when the draft was just Saturday and Sunday. And that's how I feel too. Because that's when I first really started watching the draft was when it was just a Saturday and Sunday thing. And some of the best memories I have of watching the NFL draft are watching it in between games at the Rocket Classic 3-on-3 tournament in Cedar Grove, Wisconsin. Play a game, head out into the cafeteria of the high school there, see what's going on in the NFL draft. And the draft I remember most vividly is the 2005 NFL draft. Because watching that one play out, two notable things happened. I remember very vividly seeing the Cowboys take Marcus Spears after they had already taken DeMarcus Ware and walking back into the gym, finding a buddy and saying, hey, the the Cowboys just took Marcus Spears and it's weird that they took another front seven guy, but it seems like they have really complimentary skill sets. What do you think about that? And he just kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? And that was a moment that I realized that I thought about football a little bit differently than my high school age friends. But you'll also remember that was the year that the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. And in the course of this conversation with a friend, I almost brought that anecdote up again. But then I thought, now we've talked through that story before. Besides, nothing like that is going to happen tonight. The actual anecdote from that 2005 draft is that when it became apparent that the Packers were in fact going to pick Aaron Rodgers, I wasn't at the gym because the tournament had ended for the day. I was back at my house and I was on my knees in front of the television begging the Packers not to pick Aaron Rodgers. That brings us to tonight where the Packers do something, do two things that I have some strong feelings about. First, they draft a quarterback in the first round when they don't have to. And we'll get to the timing of that a little bit later. But secondly, they traded up to do so. I am pretty much categorically opposed to trading up. I think it almost never results in a return on your investment. And you're essentially, well, not essentially, you actually are spending two picks on one person. That given what we know about the draft, is bad business. You're almost always better off 
getting more swings at this than otherwise. Fortunately, the Packers only gave up pick number 136 along with 30 to move up to 26. According to some models, the Packers actually won this trade outright. They don't give up enough to offset the loss that the Dolphins faced from trading out of 26. Take that for whatever it's worth. Your mileage may vary with those models. But then they select Jordan Love. Jordan Love, the prospect out of Utah State, had a really, really good sophomore year. 32 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, completed just 64% of his passes. Good, not great. But then as a, as a junior in 2019, 20 touchdowns against 17 interceptions, playing in the Mountain West. And there was coaching staff turnover. But for a guy who gets some of the rave reviews that he does, that's not a great stat line. And you're going to get a lot of people talking about the stats, so we're not going to belabor that point. But I think, as in every case here in the draft, we need to talk through two key aspects and then a third addition at the end. The process, first and foremost, and then the decision itself. I don't think you can necessarily criticize any move in the NFL just based on one of those two factors. Because you can have a good process and have a bad outcome. You can do all the right things and still end up losing. I think there's a Star Trek quote. It's from Next Generation, so I'm, I'm not super strong in that one. But uh, Jean-Luc Picard says something along the lines of, it is possible in life to make all the correct moves and still move, still lose, or it's possible to do that. And that's not unfair. That's just life. That's just how it works out sometimes. You do everything right, and you still lose. So you, I think, always have to, uh, to evaluate the process separate from the outcome. So what is the process here? The process is the Packers have concluded that they need to start planning for the future of their quarterback decision. So they need to get a quarterback. And as we've previously discussed... When you are looking to draft a quarterback, you almost always have to do that with a day one pick. Occasionally a day two pick, extremely rarely a day three pick. So the Packers clearly decide that they're going to go all in, get one of those first round quarterbacks to shore up that quarterback decision. And they're going to do whatever it takes to get the lie that, the guy that they like. So what was that? That was trading up from 30 to 26. You throw in pick number 136 to make that happen. And that's selecting Jordan Love. Jordan Love here is the decision. So who is Jordan Love? If you like him, you'll say Jordan Love is the 2018 version of Jordan Love. If you don't, you tend to say he's the 2019 version. And in the interest of full disclosure, that's kind of where I have tended to come down. I feel like I, I tend to be pretty hard on guys, especially quarterbacks who did not dominate their level of competition. And even if he didn't have great players around him, even if he had coaching staff turnover, that was a problem for him. I feel like he still probably should have played better in the Mountain West. But who is Jordan Love? From Bob McGinn's conversations with various scouts, 
you get the impression that he's a really physically talented guy. Here's one quote. He has the most physical upside of any of these guys. The great ones make things look easy. He makes it look easy. He's an effortless thrower. He played with nobody around him. This year, he's just out there winging it, trying to make plays to win games. Okay, some stuff to like there. The same sort of language comes up in Dane Brugler's scouting report, also for The Athletic. Loose passer with special arm talent, effortless load and release delivery. It looks like he's throwing a Nerf football. Efficient feet and fluid lower body to climb, slide, and move the pocket. Comfortable drifting and throwing on the move left or right. Displays natural touch as a downfield passer. The list goes on. In many cases, it's not all that dissimilar from what people said about Deshaun Kaiser and Brett Hundley. You know, good athletes can throw the ball really well when everything's working well, but then you get to the bad side and you start talking about concerns with decision-making, bad habits, maturity, stuff like that. And I guess what you think about Jordan Love as a prospect is going to come down to how much you think He can unlearn bad habits, which to me seems like a bad place to start as a prospect. I think Aaron Rodgers is a good example of that. Aaron Rodgers had some real bad habits when he came into the NFL. Look at just how he carried the ball. That was a staple of Jeff Tedford quarterbacks. That high ball carriage up there right by his ear, it's a really bad habit. That's not a good place to protect the football in the NFL. He obviously unlearned those habits and became the best possible version of Aaron Rodgers that he could be. The difference is he had a real opportunity to learn. He could go to Mike McCarthy's quarterback school. He could do a lot more in the off seasons. He could actually develop as a pro player. And I'm not sure that is a realistic thing to ask of a quarterback anymore. Practice times have been reduced dramatically. The game is just simpler in a lot of respects, especially for quarterbacks coming from college to the pros. I think in most cases, you pretty much are the guy you're going to be when you get drafted. And if that's Jordan Love, the Packers made a real big mistake here. He's a good athlete. He might throw the ball well, but if he's got those bad habits, that seems like where the Packers are already behind the eight ball. Now, I'm sympathetic to the idea that there is a lot of upside here. And if you're going to take a guy with upside that needs to be developed, why not take a guy who's going to have to sit behind your starting quarterback for at least a couple of years? Because he is going to have to sit. Because Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. Because Aaron Rodgers really can't go anywhere right now. Let's talk about that for a second. The Packers, I think, are tied to Aaron Rodgers for at least two more seasons, probably three. The reality is this. Aaron Rodgers has some enormous cap hits over the next two to three years. It's a $21 million hit in 2020, 36.3 in 2021, and 39.8 in 2022. If the Packers would decide to release Aaron Rodgers, the cap hits would be 39, 31, and 17 million over each of the next three seasons. That looks to me like it's at least two years before the Packers make any serious move at quarterback. So there is a window for Jordan Love to sit. The problem is, if you can't develop him, you're really losing any benefit of him sitting at all. 
Because the other real benefit to having a young quarterback is his contract. Young quarterbacks tend to be cheap. They are cheap because of how things are different post-2011 again with how players get paid. They don't get those monster rookie contracts anymore. So the Packers would normally have significant cap savings by having a young quarterback they were trying to build around, but they don't get the chance to build around that young quarterback because he's going to be sitting behind a guy whose cap hits are 21, 36, and $39 million. The Packers are losing out on a lot of the good stuff that comes with drafting a quarterback in the first round. Now, there is an upside. The Packers, since they took love in the first round, do have the chance for a fifth-year option here. If things are going well, if Aaron Rodgers retires two years from now or the Packers move on, it'll be an easy decision once you get to look at Jordan Love as a starting quarterback to pick up that fifth-year option or not. And you have to think if that talent is going to be there, it will have started to come out by that point. But it feels like we're building up a lot of contingencies here. Well, if this happens and this happens and Jordan Love develops in a way that we wouldn't necessarily expect or he develops in in a way that supersedes that of what we've come to expect from other quarterbacks in this post-2011 CBA world, blah, blah, blah. That's a big ask to me. And so that leaves me feeling this. I think this decision really was pretty indefensible. The Packers are at least two years away from moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Unless they know something that we don't, and I think that's a real possibility, at least in terms of Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay. Of course they know a whole bunch of things we don't know. Okay, I guess we should we should talk about this right here. Think about Aaron Rodgers with me for a second. And I, I don't really know where else to put this, uh, so we, we might as well just talk about it here. Just with what you know about Aaron Rodgers and what you feel about Aaron Rodgers. He says he wants to play into his 40s. Do you believe him? I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers is already year to year. I think it would not surprise me at all if whenever this next season gets played, he steps aside and says, you know what? I like being a businessman. I like hanging out with Danica Patrick in beautiful locations around the world. I like growing a beard. I like doing the things that Aaron Rodgers does in the offseason. I'm just going to do that all the time. You know what? I don't need to be training all the time. I don't need to get tackled by giant defenders. 16 times a year, or it's 16 days a year. I just don't need that. I'm, I'm going to just move on. He has looked a lot of times over the past two or three years like a guy who has a great job, but just wants to see what else is out there. I think we've all known guys like that, or girls. It's gender neutral. You can be ready for something new, even if you are in a good situation. He seemed a lot like that. This, even this past year, when things were going really well for the Packers. Team's cruising along. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't seem like he is 100% there. Like he's he's seeing the other side a little bit more. 
And that's obviously just my opinion. I don't have anything firm to base that on. And this is a very talk radio take, so just take it for what it's worth. Would it be that big a surprise if we didn't get to this two, three-year window with Aaron Rodgers? And that raises a whole host of other complications there that we won't dive into. I just derailed myself, but that's kind of where we're at here. I think, though, I I really do think this is not a, a super easily defensible decision here for Brian Gutekunst. Let's try, though. I suppose we should try to do that. Let's try to defend this decision. I think it's it's not defensible because the Packers are too early here. I think it's not defensible because I don't think Jordan Love is that good of a prospect. But let's try. Here's how I would defend the decision. And it, I think it is pretty simple. If you want a good quarterback as a prospect, regardless of the other quarterbacks that are on, the, on your roster, you have to get one on day one. You pretty much have to. There are some day two exceptions. They're pretty rare. There are some day three exceptions. Those are even more rare. If you want a quarterback prospect, if you want a good one, it's got to be on day one. So the Packers did that. Then the, the other part of that is if you want to replace the quarterback you have, your starting quarterback, I think you got to do it just one year out. And as I've kind of said, I think there's a real possibility that Aaron Rodgers could be a year out at just about any time here. It wouldn't be surprising at at the end of any season for Aaron Rodgers to just say, you know what, that's it. I'm good. Been through a lot. Couple broken collarbones. Broken foot. Pretty sure he got his knee scoped a couple times in there in his career. You know, I'm I'm just good. I I don't need this anymore. Made a lot of money. I'm just going to move on you got to start preparing for that sooner or later. So if you want somebody who's ready to take over, who has the skills to take over, who has the pedigree to take over, you pretty much, much got to get that guy in the first round. So that's the thought process there. I still think it's a year early, and I don't think that Jordan Love is the guy. I can see what they're thinking. I can see the process. I just don't agree with the decision. So where do the Packers go from here. There's still a lot of work to be done in this draft. But looking a little bit longer term, I think there's one other storyline that's worth exploring here. What if this is the best thing to happen to Aaron Rodgers over the last two to three to four years of his career? What if what he really needs is somebody behind him reminding him that the organization is planning for life after he's gone? What if that's just what he needs to Tighten things up a little bit. Because I think even if you're an Aaron Rodgers defender, you can admit that he's been a little bit sloppy at times over the last two, three, four seasons. I don't think that's too big an ask if I'm looking for you to admit that. I will. I've defended Aaron Rodgers just about as much as anybody. What if just what he needed to tighten things up is just that. Somebody reminding him that the the organization is thinking about what comes next. Just a thought. What comes next for the Packers here, though? They've still got eight other draft picks here this weekend. 62, 
94, 175, 192, 208, 209, 236, and 242. Two picks coming up here Friday night on day 262 and 94. I think I would look for the Packers to stay on offense. But hey, what do I know? Obviously not a whole lot. The Packers have gone in a very different direction than I think I or anybody else anticipated actually happening. Again, this was floated as a possibility. I'm not sure anybody realized how real the possibility is. Uh, I would be looking again, though, for the Packers to be drafting some offensive talent, uh, preferably a wide receiver, but I don't think defense is out of the realm of possibility either. Take care of the big guys. That's where that's where I would look, and I think that's what's what would what's going to happen here at some point in the draft. Lots of good players out there. We'll see what the Packers end up doing. So I've got for you. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I've interacted with a few people over this already. Uh, definitely interesting times in Green Bay for a while. This is feeling to me more like, um, well, like the energy of that first round of day three. You, you wake up on Sunday, you wait for the draft to start rolling. You're like, all right, fourth round, let's do it. This is great. I've heard of some of these guys. Wait, there's three more rounds after this? All right. Um, well, this is going to take a while, isn't it? That's what this first round felt like, but then it got real interesting there at the end. I'm interested to hear what you felt about the first round. What did you think about the the entire exercise as a whole? What do you think about what the Packers did? Let me know wherever you find this podcast. I'm interested to hear about it. As always, let's just keep this conversation going because that's how we all become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58.